0: Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. I've got Sharon Heaton, the founder of SB Liftoff, and Wright Lewis, my law partner at dunlap bennett Ludwig, an M&A attorney with me this week. This week, I'd like to kick it off, guys, with a little bit about Wright, what you do as an M&A lawyer helping get businesses sold or get them ready for sale and what Sharon does with valuation and getting businesses prepared for the sale emotionally and financially and all of that happy stuff. How do you guys work together? How do you work with and and actually let me rephrase that? I'm gonna put more questions and you guys maybe will dialogue a little. We'll we'll do coffee talk, whatever it is. But how do you work with the client? How do you work with right and right? How do you work with the client and how do you work with Sharon? How does that three-way thing work? Because you've got confidentiality things who hires who, uh, what pieces, do, do, does your stuff overlap? We, we can get into it, but th- those are my, that's, that's my thought for this week. That's what I'm curious about. Basically, I mean, it goes both ways. Sometimes, you know, Sharon
1: will uh, refer her clients that have come to her to, to help sell their business to, to our firm, uh, to, to represent them, usually around when we get around the LOI stage. Okay. Uh, once Letter of intent
0: right. so for everybody out there who's not a, a business lawyer. Sorry, right? Right.
1: Yeah. No, as soon as they start receiving letters of intent, uh, or maybe even the NDA stage, if they start receiving non-disclosure, or agreement. out non-disclosure agreements, yep. we'll get involved briefly there. But mainly we, we, start to, you know, we start to come in when they start to receive letters of intent and they're seriously starting to negotiate those letters. On the other hand, sometimes we'll have clients come to us or I'll, you know, they'll, they'll be telling us, you know, look, I'm I'm getting you know I'm getting up to the age where I'm ready to focus on something else, or I want to you know spend more time with my family, and you know I'm i running this business, and what can I do? And at that point, you know, we'll we'll discuss things like estate planning for them, and you know some of the some of the high level things they can do maybe to grow their business or give equity to senior level employees to sort of step up and take over, and sort of you know I know one of the major things that uh, you know Sharon points out in her book and has you know, said for many, many years working with her is that, oddly enough, taking yourself, making yourself redundant or not important to your business significantly increases the value. So we try to help, help get them to the place where the business is saleable and, and, and from a legal perspective. And then Sharon, you know, we'll, we'll refer clients over to Sharon. She'll look at them, you know, she'll look at the business, tell them what she thinks the valuation might be, you know, where, you know, what are you trying to get out of this? And here's what a realistic picture is of what you can get today. And then she puts together, you know, I'm going to let her talk about it, but she puts together a confidential information memorandum and takes them to market and does it in a way that's is confidential and preserves their, their privacy.
0: When a client comes to you and they say, I- I'm tired of, of, you know, running my business, I'd like to kind of back out. I've heard that from clients that I've said to you even. What is the first thing they need to do? What is the first piece of information you need? I, I mean, I think I know, because the first thing that I ask them is, what's your company worth, right? And they all have opinions, but opinions are like, well, I won't say what opinions are like, <laughs> yeah. but opinions are like a certain body part. So, yeah. so tell me about that a little bit. If somebody comes to me and they're burnt out already, that's, that's, not,
1: that's not a good sign. I mean, that, that, to me, I'm like, all right, well, you better you know, find some energy here, because the part of getting your business from where you are today to exit is gonna be double the work that you were doing before. So if you want to get to that point, you know, uh, get ready. You're gonna to have to double down. You wanna grow into the sale. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to just like peter out and barely be able to hang okay. on anymore. Grow into the sale, Mark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you want to grow into the sale. So you're gonna to have to put more effort in. And then I've heard this from numerous people. It may have come originally from Sharon, but running your business is a full-time job and selling your business is a
0: full-time job. And so when you're doing both of those things, you now have two, two full-time, full-time jobs. So what's the first piece of information you need from them though? And I'll ask Sharon, what's the first piece of information since you're sending them to Sharon to do this, this memo and tell me about the memo and what that is and how you do that. Um, but w- what is that?
2: Let me take a step back and talk a little bit about the players on an M&A team. You know, as somebody who is a recovering attorney, very often um, companies will come to me and say, I'd like to sell my company. By the way, you're a lawyer. Can you do the legal work? And the answer to that is there are three different players in the sale of a company, and they're all very important. Um, I think the M&A advisor is extremely important because we step over the commercial and um, financial line and the legal line and the accounting line. So we're kind of the quarterbacks of everything. Lawyers uh, that we work with, like Wright, who we absolutely love working with, are sensitive not only to the legal issues, but to the personal issues that are going on in the life of that owner, uh, recognizing that there's going to be glitches along the way, and people who don't have a lot of experience with M&A can get a little bit uh, riled by those, and figuring out how to say to them, we've seen this before, it's okay. And the third party, and it's a little bit less important, is in fact the accountant. And the accountant comes in on a variety of issues. So it generally will start with, I'm thinking about selling my company. I want to first start off with why. Uh, If you want to sell your company because things are going badly, you've lost some contracts, you have an employee who's a pain in the neck, uh, you just don't feel like the growth is there anymore, the excitement is gone, okay, that's not the time to sell because nobody else wants to step into your problems. They want to step into your shoes. They don't want to you... buy a dirty house. They don't they want, want to buy... buy a clean house that's been decorated. They don't want to buy a house where there's, the plumbing is leaking, uh, something pretty substantial. Okay. Uh, we refer to that as the owner's conundrum, that the owner should want to sell when things are going really well. You've just won contracts. Everything's going terrific. That's the time to sell. When things are not going well, that's the time to buckle down and fix your company.
0: So I, I see these people often, not that the company's not going well, it's that they're now 61 and they maybe have kids who are out of the house or maybe they have their first grandchild and they just, they love their company and it's doing well. I've had three or four clients like this in the last six months. I think that. I've-
2: oh, and where were the referrals?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think I sent them to, to you kidding. um, and they're, they were all they have government contractors and commercial IT companies, but that's, that's kind of the typical person that I run into. And they're excited about selling their company, but the issue I run into is they don't know what their company's worth. They don't know how to sell it or who to talk to. And so we hear these words thrown around. I'd like to ask you guys to explain these words and what the difference is. We hear private equity, or I want to sell to venture capital, or I want to sell to my employees and I want to do an ESOP, which that's not what that's for. I, I know this, but let's talk about that. Because people are under a lot of misperceptions about how do you sell your company? How do you transition your company? What are the mechanisms?
2: Uh, let's start with what the process is. And the process is very rarely do business owners actually know the value of their company. They know what the value of the company that they want it to be. Um, they often went uh, golfing with their friend who said, hey, I got a five times multiple and said, well, my company is better than his company. So i clearly need a six and a half times multiple. Uh, those are not the way in which you value a company. So you start really by looking at the financials of the company and doing, there's an art element to it and a science element to it. And the science element is figuring out net income, bringing that to EBITDA, getting to adjusted EBITDA, and that's all discussed in much greater detail in the book. That's kind of the science side. The art side is figuring out what's the right multiple. If you've got a company with 5 million of EBITDA and you have a three times multiple, that company's worth 15. But if you have a six-times multiple, you now have a $30 million company on the same $5 million of EBITDA. Why do some companies get a three-times and others get a six-times? Well, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And you need to speak with people who are very knowledgeable about what's going on in the industry to understand the right multiple to be applied.
0: So let me ask, this is my closing question for this segment about companies. What is the single biggest factor in moving that multiple? Is there such a thing?
2: In GovCon, absolutely. No, there's not a single okay. factor. <laughs> Let me change Absolutely that. not. Yeah, no, yeah. there is no one factor. I like that. No, no. But, but it is a constellation of different factors. It is, is the company growing or shrinking? What kind of work do they do? What's their margins? Do, how much backlog do they have? Do they have a decent pipeline? How important are the owners? We have a chart, and I think we've actually put it in the book. Oh, great. Of, okay. um, what are the factors to look at in determining a valuation of a company? And, you know, it doesn't say, if you're here, uh, you're going to get this, but there's at least 15 that you have to look at and then balance them out.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the listeners, the book's called Lift Off by Sharon B. Heaton, 12 Things to Know Before Selling Your Business. I think you can get it on Amazon. Yes, you can. So you can get it on Amazon. I flipped through it and read part of it, and I know Wright has read the whole thing in detail. And some of the things I, I, I've read about are very exciting and interesting, and I've been doing law for 20-something years. Uh, So I highly recommend it. When we bring Sharon back next time, we're going to get her three major pieces of advice for anyone looking to sell or buy or do whatever with their business. I like to talk about buying. I don't know that we have the time. Maybe we'll talk offline. But yeah, Sharon, so we'll have you back and right, we'll have you back for our next episode. And let's talk about your three major points. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Download us wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, all those happy things. And look, watch us on YouTube if you want to see our pretty faces. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more black letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.